Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Bienvenidos al episodio 133 de Latino Founder Hour. Hoy les saluda Edgar Navas, fundador de Clica. Eh, hoy es viernes 16 de octubre del 2020. Ya estamos en pleno cierre de año. Eh, tercer trimestre, bueno, cuarto trimestre, perdón. Y bueno, pues hoy le damos la bienvenida desde el Bronx, Nueva York, a Charlie Vázquez, writer, escritor, editor, storyteller, consultor de, de startups y muchas otras cosas más. ¿Cómo estás, Charlie? Buenos días. Muy bien, muy bien. Y buenos días a todos. Eh, primero, primero te, te, te voy a lanzar un, comple un complemento del, de la felicitación por el, el hat game que tienes. ¿eh? El, el gorrón. El gorrón, el gorrón. Sí, yo soy, soy hombre de gorro. Hoy, hoy no, porque bueno, estamos en plena pandemia, confinamiento y no hay necesidad, pero eh, cuando salí a la calle todos los días con, con el gorro. Sí, la compré en mi, mi tienda favorita, se <risas> llama Gurren, Gurren Brothers. Fantástico, fantástico. No, bueno, complementos y felicitaciones. Pues te, sé que también tienes un, un libro, bueno, eh, que está por salir y mm. ya tienes uno. Pero bueno, cuéntanos un poquito más de, de quién eres, eh, Charlie. Ok, well, voy a explicar en inglés porque así hablo sí. más, más rápido. Más fluido. Más fluido, sí. Uh, well, nací en el Bronx. I was born in the Bronx in uh, the early 70s. Uh, a very difficult time here. Uh, and grew up in New York City to the late 80s. So um, I'm a product of the, of the scary, scary place that people still think the Bronx is. Um, <laughs> and I think that that probably also contributed to my feeling, uh, in addition to being a Latino, uh, a Puerto Rican and Cuban descent, um, always feeling like, like an outsider. I always, had, I always had sort of a stigma about being uh, different. But then when I got older, I realized that that was a superpower. Um, so yeah, I, I published four books. The last one is called Fantasmas, Puerto Rican Tales of the Dead. And it's uh, 14 horror stories inspired by my family history. Uh, wow. In Puerto Rico. Fantasmas is online. It can be ordered online. It's in English. Okay. Uh, but all the stories are set in Puerto Rico. Uh, and before that, I published uh, two novels and a, and a collection of poetry. So I'm working on my fifth book. Um, So, um, yeah, my training is in, is in writing craft. I, I, went, I went to college briefly and studied with writers on how to get ideas clearly put onto the page. So okay. my, my consulting business is sort of the result of years of, of working with people uh, who are developing uh, businesses or who are developing book projects, e-books, Uh, information products, how to get the text nice and clean and how to get uh, stories to translate uh, clearly to the, to the reader or observer. So it's been a long journey. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's yeah. been a while. But I love what I do. I really do. I, I love what I do. And, and I think when I, I, I've worked with so many people, um, like the last project I worked on is called Dreaming Out Loud. And okay. it's done by an organization here in New York called Penn. You can look them up at penn.org. And Trimming Out Loud is um, a memoir project uh, designed for undocumented college students here in New York. So I okay. meet with the students and they would talk about uh, their stories, where they were at, you know, in their immigration story. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of times there was a lot of fear and there was a lot of there was people felt their English wasn't good enough or uh, and just sort of sitting down and, and holding people's hands and, and, and getting them to get what what is here and here onto the page. I see. Uh, um, and that's what I do for businesses now, because businesses are also trying to tell a story, whether they realize it or not. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and that's and, and that's why we you know before the show started we, you, we were talking about you know what the, the most important part when you when you begin a startup you know, when yeah. you start a startup is you got your ideas how do you unpack them mm -hmm. how do you put them together in a way that's digestible how do you tell your story mm -hmm. 
and those are things that I've struggled with. I, mm -hmm. I no, no have, no, no past. I struggle with. Continue. <laughs> Continue to struggle with. El presente y, y en el futuro. So how do we do that? How do we clearly communicate what's what's in here? All the ideas that that, that are going through through our heads, and you know, put them clearly for you to, right. you know. I, I would say the most difficult part in a startup in the early stages is like, how do you do your elevator pitch? You know, your taglines, right. and you're like, shit. You know, like, what do you want to do? I can tell you a whole paragraph, a whole dissertation. Yeah. How do you put that in one sentence? What is it that you do? That's the most difficult part. Um, that, that, and again, you know, clearly that I've struggled. So that, mm -hmm. that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're here. You know, we want to be able to learn, you know, from your experience and tell us, you know, how do we start? Right. So I think the, the starting point for that, and I love that you said elevator pitch because I have a lot of friends, um, in Los Angeles, particularly, who, who work in TV and, and film writing, uh, even though it's not what I do, I'm, I'm looking to develop projects in that area. It's 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 uh, how how write, how the writing community functions it functions in Los Angeles with the media emphasis is very different than it functions in New York from a publishing perspective. Um, but you're still trying to sell a book. You're still trying to sell a movie idea. You're still trying to sell a, a TV series. So. Really, it's the elevator pitch becomes uh, really important. How can you, in one or two sentences, ideally one sentence, okay, yeah. one reasonably long, reasonably short sentence, how do you, you we, the business, selling uh, startups and, and working as a consultant and pitching projects is all about selling transformation, right? What is mm -hmm. what is the social impact, especially for startups? What is the change in the world that you're hoping to achieve, right? Yeah. I want fewer kids in the world to go hungry. I want fewer kids in the world to to do badly in school. I want there's something that you're trying to do. Maybe yeah. you're, you're serving your local community, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be this big worldly thing because. Uh, big change starts in little ways sometimes. So what is it that you're trying to do? Is, is it, uh, for instance, here in New York City, the, the main Latino demographic historically has been Puerto Rican. Now yeah. we're in second place. The Dominican community is oh, now wow. the most populous in New York. That's only been in the last 10 years. Okay. Third is Mexican. When I was a kid, I rarely, rarely met Mexican people in New York. Once in a while. Interesting. Now there's yeah. Mexican stores, there's Mexican de, de todo. It's it's fantastic because I happen to be a huge fan of Mexican culture. So <laughs> it's a great Mexican restaurant down the street. When I was a kid, that was unheard of. So those businesses are looking to, right? They're looking to um, prepare the cuisine for the local community. They're they're adding to the to the to the cultural fabric of an international city. So each of those businesses has a story. Uh, and it may be as simple as I want to share my abuela's uh, mole mole tamal joy with the whole world. It, it can be that simple and sincere and, and profitable. That, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the story of your grandma's, your Mexican grandma's. You know, your, your the favorite food that she made for you, and, and your, that's your heritage. And you're building a business around that. You know, I mean, exactly. So there's there's a story there. I mean, sometimes it just takes having to get into conversation with other people. And that's what I do. It's like, I, I sit with people, I get them to just talk and don't even think about the business. Like, let's talk just about talk. Yeah. where did the idea come from? Because the story you're trying to tell is there and that's where the transformation is. Okay. And, and again, to, to your point, that's, you know, one thing is what we have in, in here in, in, in our hard brain. And then the other one is like, how do you convey that to an investor? or right. a customer an investor in all senses you know somebody that wants to pay for your service somebody that wants to partner with you somebody that wants to give you money so how do you you know get people to 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 buy into this and it's like you know what this is this is this is something i can get behind well i think two things i haven't had to get there yet but uh, i've got some projects in development uh but it's, it's too soon to talk about them because i don't know whether i'm going to proceed or not but I'm starting to get into those conversations. I started my consultancy with my laptop and a website and a Rolodex that I had amassed over years of, of working in the arts and culture community here in New York City and yeah. in other places. I lived in Portland for a long time too. So um, 
So I didn't have to go to um, a venture capitalist or a, or, or a financial investor. Uh, I just went to other, I had other consultants do pro bono work with me uh, to help me get it off the ground. And I follow people mm. on, on YouTube and sort of the gurus. But I think what I've, the research I've done is two th things you want to take to an investor. Investors care, of course, about the return on their investment, okay? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> even the so-called angel investors, yes, they're looking to do two things, okay? They're looking to invest money and make money, okay? But there's, uh, there's all kinds of ways they can be doing that. And the reason that they become angel investors is because they want to create a positive social impact in the world, right? They, they want to yeah. create transformation where it's needed, right? Positive transformation where it's needed. So I think you need to, when you approach an investor, this is how I would do it. I would lead with the heart, okay? Because people make decisions based on emotions. Yep. And that's a scientifically proven fact, okay? Uh, and advertising has has preyed on us, you know, <laughs> since we were kids. Like, the feed, you know, feed the starving children. It's, it's all emotional. So what is the heart story? Okay, what is, what is the emotional transformation? Okay, and how are you going to convince this investor that if they were to partner with you, that it would be profitable? How, how is this going to generate revenues in addition to doing social good? And, and sometimes that's an easy question to answer. And sometimes you have to dig around and find out what that answer is before you, you present it. So that's what right. I've found. I mean, no, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, we, we've had investors here uh, in the show, you know, obviously we raised some capital. And I think, you know, I've told the story a couple of times, uh, in our early days, you know, our first angel investor, you know, we, we couldn't, you know, when we couldn't raise more money and, you know, we were feeling down like, what are we doing wrong? Mm -hmm. And we approach him. It's like, look, man, it's like, how do we sell you? How do I, how do I convince you? It's like, because I'm not gaining any more traction. Yeah. And he gave me the best words probably ever. It's like, look, man, it's like, it wasn't about the idea. I like, I bought stock on you. Mm -hmm. So like I invested in you. So like, I, I, I don't, I don't know about the consumer. I, I, I barely knew you, but I, I invested in you. So after that, that was just like fuel, and then we, we, we went on and, and, you know, raised more capital. But it was just like, huh, that's exactly why. I mean, it was just like we presented something literally in, on a napkin. It was like, hey, we have this idea, blah, blah, blah. And, and he saw something. I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm I completely see, in. I could see why. Because maybe you, have, maybe you didn't have it all figured out, but you knew the impact that you wanted to create, right? Yeah. You wanted to make a show where – People come and talk about the stories of their businesses, and you know it's 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 a way it's you you it's it's business development, it's community building, it's it's all mm -hmm. kinds of things, and it's adding to, um, you know it's it's adding it's adding to the economy, it's 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 contributing to the economy in positive ways because this is the future, right? And now That's with right. COVID nineteen, like the old way of doing things is, it's going to be that way sometimes. I mean, yeah. I went back to the Metropolitan Museum of Art this past weekend, uh, where I'm a member. I've been going to there since I was a kid. And it was my first time going back to a museum after COVID. So, so I hadn't been to any museums in like seven months. And I tend to go a few times a month. Uh, just just to, to space out, you know, just sort of, yeah. I, I relax. I go to museums to relax. Um, and, uh, you know, now you have to wear masks. There's, like, hand sanitizer everywhere. They only have the museum up to 25% visitor capacity. So there's lots of elbow room. Um, and I was able to enjoy the museum as much as I did before COVID, even though everything had changed. But even these, yeah. these really wealthy institutions, everybody has to figure out a new way of doing things. And this is an exciting time, I think, for people who are entertaining the idea of a startup or a small business um, because oh, absolutely. the nature of how business is working is, is changing by the minute, you know, and you may be jumping in right at the, at the right time, you know, to, to pick up on that momentum. Yeah. And, and you know what, we're absolutely right. You know, uh, crisis, you know, sometimes evokes, you know, a level of, um, for us, 
to get out of her comfort zone. I mean, yeah. us, everyone. And it's yeah. like, you know what? Maybe, maybe what we're doing is completely wrong. This is the time to reinvent or to, well, and in a lot of cases, it's just about survival too. It's yeah. opportunity. And the other one is survival. And then you figure out how to do it better. You might, might've lost your job. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I got to feed my family. I got to do something. And this is how Uber was born in, uh, in the last, during the last recession, Airbnb. Mm -hmm. So two of the greatest companies right now, the largest companies are, you know, we're born out of a crisis. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, w I shouldn't say that I'm super excited, but you know, it, it'll be, you know, it's a, it's a good moment for us to pause. Yeah. Rethink. Uh, and ho hopefully we can do better things, you know, moving forward. I think so. I think so. And I think also what's going to become even more valuable in the future is networks. Um, yes. Okay. I belong to a, a group called the Sterling Network, which was started by the Robert Sterling Clark Foundation here in New York City. Um, and the Robert Sterling Clark Foundation is, is dedicated to, um, to partnering with organizations who are trying to lift low-income New Yorkers out of poverty. That's the whole focus. That's sort of the social mission of the network, of the foundation and the network. So, uh, so I'm there representing the arts and culture sector. Um, okay. Two other people. Uh, and the board of the, the, the chairman of the board of directors, the board chair, apparently is this very, very old, wealthy man who's apparently like a really cool, rich man. Like he yeah. All his money to try to do all these things. And he's, I think his goal is to die broke and to give away all his money to like amazing charities and organizations. And he said, he's like in his 90s, and he just said that the future is all going to be about networks. Okay. And that doesn't mean anything. It can be as basic as your Facebook following, as your email list. And what that is, is a communications. It's, those are communi means of communications. So, Absolutely. For a small business, it is so critical, uh, especially if you're not doing business in a, in a mom and pop, you know, brick and mortar storefront. Um, in, in that situation, you would have your clientele who comes in, right? Mm -hmm. People come and go, people are born and die, people move, people move to you. But you have your flow of customers. When you're working in virtual spaces, you have to figure out a means to get people to follow you, get people to subscribe to newsletters, because that becomes um, not only potential uh, customers and, and, and sales down the road, but those people can also function as ambassadors for what you do to tell other people about your enterprise or business. Yeah. Um, so, you know, networks and communications are, are, are so, so critical. That's what I'm focusing on now for me is how do I expand uh, my outreach? I mean, to generate business, of course, but... Yeah just to create awareness about what it is that I do, because you may not need me for something, but you may get into a conversation with your buddy, you know, and I want my name to, I want, I want to be the person somebody thinks of at the and right like, time. Oh, I'm going to cook you up. Yeah. 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 No, and, so, and, and going back, you know, again, you know, that's part of the importance of storytelling and how do I, you know, how do you convey that message so your ambassadors go in and disseminate it in, in, in this, that specific way? Well, you have to have some of that language worked out. In, in if you have a mission statement, that it should communicate mm -hmm. that clearly. Uh, your website should communicate that clearly. But I think we need to. People get very intimidated by storytelling. Okay, and I understand that. Um, I've I've had to overcome a lot of hurdles. Story okay. is how we learn. Story is as old as we are, okay? And there's a really beautiful book called The Origins of Creativity. Um, I don't have the author's name here. He was a, he's a very famous biologist. Um, okay. Who went to East Africa and, and did some anthropological research on storytelling and tribal development with, with some tribes that have been almost the same for like thousands of years. Uh, they still speak these older languages and they, they still do things in an old, in, in sort of an ancient way. And what he discovered was that during the daytime, we went out there to hunt, we cared for, you know, and then at night we would build fires to protect us, to keep us warm, to protect us from wild animals, right? Um, and people would 
exchange accounts of everything that went on during the day. So if somebody okay. made a mistake hunting, right, he would communicate that to his fellow hunters. And they would all think, okay, if I get into that predicament, that's not the thing to do. So we have learned how to share experience and problem solve using storytelling since the beginning. Okay. Every culture has folk tales. Okay. So that's really what it is that is at the heart of what we do. It's like, um, and for each person, it'll be totally different, you know, but what, what is it that you're trying, who are you and what is it that you're trying to do? You know, that's yeah. your story. It's, it's that simple sometimes, you know, and sometimes it just takes working with someone who doesn't know you as well as you do to help you see it from the outside. You know, I, I think that's a key point. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, again, I, I know who I am, but you, but you know, we, in reality, I think, you know, we try to portray ourselves one way or another. Some people more than others, like, hey, and I want you to see me that as a confident man, even though I'm an introvert or not that confident. So we always have those masks. So what's the importance of you know, taking that out? And it's like, no, 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 this is, this is who the real me is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, only, uh, and also, you know, how do I sell my story? Because I, I think, I don't know, unless I'm wrong, you know, we're, we're trying to sell. You know, yeah. not in the more mercantile, but, you know, whether it's our opinion <laughs> or, or sell an idea to an investor or for you, hey, Charlie, you know, come work with me and I don't have any money to it. Like, we're selling. Yeah. Um, so how do we do that effectively? And how do we adapt that message to different layers? You know, there's not the same story I'm going to tell an investor to a partner, to a co-founder. That's, that's, a, that's another big issue that we have here. Like, how do you find that co-founder say like, look, drop what you're doing. Let's do this and let's see if it works. Man. Let's take a big risk. Well, I think we, you know, who I was three hours ago may not be who I am now. So I, th I think that's always changing as we change. And as, mm -hmm. as time moves on, it, it changes. And I think that we have to um, maybe monthly or quarterly, you know, come back to the drawing board and check in because there's something called mission drift in, in, the, in the nonprofit world. Uh, I was a deputy director at the Bronx Council on the Arts for almost five years. Uh, and we went to this top-notch consulting firm here in Manhattan. And they basically said, this mission statement is like 30 years old. Okay. The okay. world has changed dramatically. And maybe you're still doing some of these things here, you're serving yeah. underrepresented artists and you, you provide funding and professional development for the creative community, but maybe you need to revisit that language. Maybe you need to update that language. Um, but okay. you know, how do you tell that somebody in the business um, may, you know, your communications person, and sometimes that's you. Sometimes we're one person that does everything, right? Yeah. So I would say for that, go to YouTube, you know, go find, find mm -hmm. uh, consultants, buy like you know, there's good eBooks out there. You can get that, that are written by really uh, established authors who can, who can help you answer these questions, you know? Okay. But, um, I don't know. I, I think you, you start with the elevator pitch because that's like the DNA of everything you do. And people yeah. are really tempted to pack it with lots of details, and that's that's not what you want. You you really want to get to the essence of the social transformation, the the, the change in the world that you're trying to create, who you are, and, and why you want to create that change. Start that simple. If if you can't figure out the language for something that basic, then you're going to be building on some on, on wobbly territory. Foundations, yeah, and quicksand. You know, so. You want to get that nice and tight because that that's probably the thing that's not going to change so much. You know, yeah. how we do things winds up changing because technology changes and COVIDs and all these things come in and, and affect the way that we have to do business. But what we're trying to do essentially is the same, right? Yeah. So um, that's what I would say. It's like, uh, get someone to help you, you know, get someone to help you. If it's something you can't do, exchange a service, you know, it's like, we're in this knowledge economy, mm -hmm. right? There's things that you know that I don't and vice versa, you know? So maybe <laughs> I can do you a favor and you can do me a favor. Yeah. And we'll, both be a notch, we'll both be a notch up, you know? So sometimes it's not about making the money. We need to make money to survive. But yeah. there's also ways to build on your networks uh, by, by doing pro bono exchanges with people with different skill sets to, to help you to help you get a notch up in one of the areas where you're not as confident and that's okay. We can't do everything great. You know, it's like, yeah, 
So, Charlie, with this in mind, let's let's make a quick pause for our um, our sponsors here, and we'll be back in, in in just a few seconds. This hour of the Startup Radio Network is supported by Bridges to Change. Bridges to Change's mission is to strengthen individuals and families affected by addictions, mental health, poverty, and homelessness. They use their voice and resources to stand up to all forms of discrimination, mass incarceration, barriers to health care, and inequitable economic opportunities. Bridges to Change's goal is to empower people to be self-sufficient and become members of the community, who in turn offer the same opportunities to help others. They strive to have everyone leaving their organization with stable housing, social support, sustainable employment, education, access to health care, family engagement, and goals for the future. To get involved, donate, or to get help, make sure to visit www.bridgestochange.com. We're back with uh, Charlie Vasquez. Charlie's, you know, fantastic conversation on the um, uh, on and, and on storytelling. And again, you know, we, we, I want to go back to the elevator pitch because you know, even if we take us two, three episodes, like this is important. I, you know, I'm. It, it's an evolving thing. You know, it's, it's not it's not so, something like you were mentioning set in stone like a mission statement from 30 years mm-hmm. ago because it has to evolve as you evolve your startup. But, you know, m- maybe not so much evolving as in perfecting that solid statement. Yeah. And the important is like to attract investors, to attract your co-founders, everyone. Everyone needs to know what you do in a simple sentence. And it, it's an it's a it's a craft that I haven't even mastered yet. Mm hmm. It's, you know, I, I still can't even tell you what, what, what my startup does in a sentence. Oh, by the time this stuff is over, I'll be telling you. <laughs> All right. All right. Please help. Please help. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's one of those things that I'm, all right, how do we tell people? And now, you know, I also want to delve into, you know, you work with, with, uh, with minorities, you know, with, the, with Latinos. Mm-hmm. How do we, you know, take our Latino, how do we, you know, our minority status, if we want to call it like that, to, you know, how do we flip that script and use it to our advantage and our, and our storytelling? Um, yeah, I mean, how do we do that? By being authentic, okay? I think that the age of, um, you know, the, the, the sleazy used car salesman approach that the leader of the free world is still clinging to, um, unfortunately, um, people can kind of see through the BS. Okay. Okay. Um, especially in a place like New York or any densely populated urban place, like people can figure out if you're the real thing or you're trying to pull something over their heads pretty quickly, you know, yeah. you get really good at, at BS detecting. Okay. And I think that, um, we are in an age of, of authenticity. People really want, uh, sometimes the most difficult stories we have to tell are the stories that other people want to hear, okay? Um, so I think just being, being authentic, you know, it's like, like going back to like the st- pitching a startup to an investor, mm-hmm. um, you know, if there's a way for you to get online and research, what are some of the other enterprises this investor has always, like we do that in, in grant research when we're looking to, to fund programming in the arts. Well, who else funds uh, yeah. memoir storytelling projects for, for under-resourced people? You know, you, you want to make sure you're a good match. So whatever research you can do, it's like, oh, wait, so-and-so uh, venture capitalist has, has, has supported these kinds of projects. If you feel that your project fits in there, if it fits mm-hmm. into the logic, or, to, or it's trying to tell a similar story to these other, then that's a good way to approach them. You know, um, If you can find any um, LinkedIn articles, anything that they've written that reveal yeah. things about what they're passionate about or what their emotional triggers are, like you want to make sure you do as much research and, and you're prepared. But I think that, you know, just, just, just having a smart idea will get you places. But I think if you can figure out a way to marry a smart idea with a, with an emotional, in, in an emotional context, yeah, you're going to elicit more interest. Um, and and that, that, that's a good point. And, and I can just tell you just to tutor a, you know, a little bit of what we do here. We've had, um, you know, quite a few investors here in the, in the podcast and, 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 you know, it's out there. 
So if you wanted to pitch to Lisa Feria from Stray Dog Capital or Marcia Chong, all you have to do listen to to their stories. Yeah, it's you know the they've been in multiple podcasts, so like listen to that, you know, see where they're coming from, understand a little bit, and and again, well, yeah, you're trying to sell them, so so you are trying to sell, so try to get like how can I. Um, use in a good way to, to my advantage how do i tell how do i modify my story to fit into her narrative exactly and i think we had there's a stigma for a lot of us that we're, we're trying to sell something it's like this shameful thing right yeah we yeah. need to stop thinking that way absolutely i had to i'm lucky i have a partner who doesn't have that mindset at all you know he's been kicking me in the butt for like the last five years <laughs> and you know i i see now now i get it you know he grew up in a very he grew up in a family that discussed business and, and finances, and I didn't. I grew up very poor, and, and money was this very taboo mm -hmm. topic. And asking for things was this very yeah. stigmatized thing. So, what, was he also Latino? Or? Yes, he's Puerto Rican also. Okay, yeah. so, which, is, which is unusual. I mean, Latino families don't usually talk about, we don't talk about finances yeah. or money. It's like, ooh, hush, that's... His, yeah. his, his parents are both college professors. So it was a very okay. different... He grew up in Puerto Rico on, on the university campus. So he grew up in academia, which is why our, our lives are so different. I did not grow up in academia at all. I see. Um, but it's, it works out, you know. But um, So there's things that we teach each other because we're, we're very different people. But that you know the, the dread of selling something we need to get past that because sometimes the buyer is waiting for you you know it's yeah. like they have the money and it's like i want my money to make the if you can align with the change they're wanting to create in the world okay you have the idea they have the money but you both want to get the same thing accomplished okay yeah you think of it that way you know, you're bringing the means for them to use their money or to make an investment that will hopefully mm -hmm. be profitable in a way um, that in, in a way that's going to make a, 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 a positive transformation in the world that you're both passionate about. So I think aligning with their values, you want to uh, you want to align your values with theirs. And so long as that is jiving, you know, it's just a matter of whether they'll take you on or not, whether they'll advance with you or not. But if, if you're pitching something to them that they don't care about because you didn't do the research, then you're wasting your time and their time. Like, and their time, yeah. Pitch, you know, make sure it's a match is what I'm saying. You know, that's, that's all I can say on that right now. But um, your story will sometimes, you know, story as, as a selling device can be very useful. You know, so when you first come up with that language, you're not just, it's not just for your website or for your elevator pitch. Like that also is your, your means to convince someone to move forward with you, you know, yeah. so how are you going to, how are you going to touch their hearts and also make them hopeful that this could be a profitable enterprise? Uh, partnership? Yeah. Is the need out there? Is the need, is, is there a market need for what it is that you're trying to do together? You know? Yeah. So I think that, that that's a good pairing, you know, you, on yeah. the one hand, fills, you, 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 like you said, you got to reach with your story and emotions, yeah. but then, and I see, and, and I've seen, this is where a lot of us uh, then fail. Mm -hmm. It's like, then you, you don't have the meat, which is like, okay, you know, you, you got me in. Yeah. I, I believe in you. Show me that you, you did your math in, in, in math and in the, in the finances. And I see some sloppy work and it's like, well, th this is not going to pan out. So not, not like to your point that you're wasting my time yeah. and you wasted your time. And you just burn that chip because you, chances are you don't have another chance mm -hmm. uh, for an investor to listen to. So you only have one chance. So if you go in there and then you're a good storyteller, but then you you mess it up by not having you know, you look here's my numbers, here's my you know my due diligence package, and I, I, I've have it all. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying I know it all, but I know mm -hmm. as much as I'm gonna get. But I do see a lot of sloppy, you know, like super like half-ass or not even half-ass work. I'm like, look, man, just don't. Don't, because it's a complete waste of time. Yeah, I would suggest two things. I would suggest, you know, find in your net, again, back to networks, all right? Networks. So you're, you're, you're a startup founder. Yeah. And you're, and you're not funded yet. You're looking, you're looking to bring in investors, okay? Mm -hmm. My suggestion is two things, going back to what we covered, okay? Find someone in your network, okay? Maybe someone like me. Uh, it yeah. doesn't have to be me. There's lots of people out there who have a knack for language and storytelling okay it's it's a very specific skill not everyone has it if you don't have it it's okay there's something that you do well that we don't okay 
uh, which is probably the math and the money side. <laughs> like the, big, the big joke for artists, right? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, find, find two people. Find someone who is going to help you develop and identify and help you build that story, okay? And then find us the heart person, right? The person yeah. who's going to help you um, um, articulate Mm -hmm. language that is going to explain the the emotional impact that your startup is is hoping to accomplish right or the or the big social transformation the other person is the behind the scenes yeah math uh you know infrastructure it's it's the non-emotional so you want to you want to entertain both sides of the brain right have your right brain ambassador have your left brain ambassador and, and, and maximize those two poles for, for what it is they do well. And if you have a hard time communicating, print out a one sheet. Like yeah. bring, bring reports, bring a little pamphlet. Bring, it doesn't have to be fancy, okay? If, if you can't communicate clearly what you're trying to do because it's not one of your strengths, have that prepared with you, okay? So that you can talk about it the way... You can, t you can use conversational language to talk about it, but the investor now has something that's been well edited and constructed yeah. that will articulate the idea in, in a way that's hard for you to vocalize. And there's nothing wrong with that. Bring, Correct. Bring literature, you know. Yeah. That, and, and, you know, going back, you know, this is an important part, you know, the networks. Um, there's two things, you know you know, social media technology has democratized access. Yeah. But on the other side, you, we also talk about here in the show, you know, the, um, the, the lack of access that we have to resources. And one of them is that, so we're in a, in a way that, yeah, we do have access, but we don't know how to, uh, or we may, we may think that we don't have access to that network. So yeah. how do we break that barrier? In our, I'm going to say you, actually not only the youth, how do we break that barrier? It's like, look, you have a device. You, you may not have the network of you know, well-heeled investors, but you can get there. How do we get there? Right. Well, you're right about the, the democratization has also created, um, I remember when this happened back in the 90, late 90s, I think, with um, mm -hmm. online downloads of music. The music industry transformed like overnight. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, CDs went out the door and bands were losing all this money and now stuff was free all over the internet. So democratization is great, okay, because it puts access and tools into more people's hands. Mm -hmm. One of the results of that is saturation. Is yes. That now you have market saturation, okay? And now I'm going to go to, and I'm going to answer your question. In, in the self-publishing platforms, you literally can type, can type out a document tonight a 50,000 word document you can copy and paste it you can upload it to kindle direct publishing okay and you can publish that as an ebook in a day okay and you're done yeah it you're published it's uh, yeah. done book it doesn't mean that it's a quality book okay so there's 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 pros and cons to this democratization what's harder and how to get to the people to answer your question is what marketing and communication approaches are you taking to attract your tribe So I read the book um, by Seth Godin. It's something about marketing genius or something like that. Anyway, okay. it's really good, you know. And he states in that, like he, he said, find your tribe, find your little group of like-minded people and focus there, okay? Yeah. Use them to connect to others. Again, networking. So don't waste your time with people that aren't interested in what you do because they don't have the time. You don't have the time. So yeah. start with who you have. Okay. Send out a survey, ask people if they'll refer you and your services to a friend in their network. Okay. So mm -hmm. you want to build on networks with who you have around you. You want to start an e-marketing list through MailChimp or however you do it, not through Gmail. <laughs> you want to use a, an email. <laughs> Something semi-pro, yeah. Most of them are free until you hit a certain number of subscribers. So I have, my MailChimp's been free for years because I'm okay. under like 2,000 direct marketing emails. On, yeah. uh, uh, here's, so, yeah, so here's another. Media, 
Yeah, so here's another point, you know, democ democratization to um, networks, but also tools. There's a lot of free tools that you can use to start. So right now, all you need is literally this, a phone a, a, or, or a computer, you know, cheap computer, access online, and you can start building your tribe. So because, literally, you know, there's a multitude of tools that start up free. And yeah, obviously, once you start scaling, they're right. going to be paid services. But at that point, you already, you know, you, you already have a paid service. And uh, now you can justify the, the cost of escalation. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people I know, I, my, I have a laptop business. So yeah, I have a website on Squarespace. And I have my email list, my social media platforms that I've been building for years. But I do all of my... My business exists on my laptop. My laptop is mm -hmm. my office. And I can take that wherever I go because of the nature of the work I do. Some people can't do that. But yeah. if you can, it's, it's, it's liberating, but it's also frightening because there's so much noise out there that mm -hmm. sometimes we don't know how we fit into that. Like how, how do we find our people in all that confusion and chaos? And you're going to find them one at a time. You know, you're going to, uh, if you can write, uh, LinkedIn articles, if you can produce a blog, if you, if, if you, writing is a really handy skill. So yeah. um, if, if you can produce content, free content that tells the world about who you are and what you do, that's a great way to get people to subscribe to newsletters, to start following you, um, you know, give away whatever you can for free as a, as a means to create connections uh, and then build from there. So you know what, Charlie? You just touch in in, in a in, in something, that, and I wrote it down yeah. because you just mentioned the art of writing well. It's a mean of communication, and that's an art that's been lost. Because I mean, you you've seen it, you know, post on social media, and, and you're like, oh my god! Like, first of all, like nobody can tie coherent sentences. Yeah. Everybody can throw insults and and throw spat and and emojis, but that exactly like and and honestly, I have two young daughters, like a yeah. teenage, uh, and. I can see with a little that, that just frightened me because that, I think that's another they don't have because yeah. they, they're not required to write anymore. Does everything's on computers, so there's like uh, very minimal that they have to do even typing. No, I know. Uh, uh, so knowing the language, when they say like, "Well, why is this important here?" If you ever want to sell anything, your ideas, if you, want, you need you, you need to be able to write and well, not with emojis. So right, that, no, that just frightened me with a new, this new yeah. generation. And actually not new generation because, again, look at it, social media and you know, people can't articulate a simple sentence. Yeah, it's frightening. I mean, there's social media language and then there's business language. And the business world is still yeah. a world of contracts, <laughs> of yeah. terms and conditions, of, of bank accounts, of, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah. that may well, work. And, 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 and even without the legalities, like, you know, you, know, you and I can have a, you know, a frank conversation but if we okay charlie let's get serious help me with this we're not going to use the same language right so that's that's the part where, where, where i don't see you know the the you know the jargon la jerga tu sabes no vamos a hablar acá como eh, entre nosotros but, but once it gets all right let's you know let's flip the switch and let's let's get busy mm -hmm. I, I mean that i i see that's a, that's a point that's going to be yeah. um pretty difficult to uh it is. And it reflects to other people like investors um, yeah. don't have that figured out. And then, again, that may be something you need to go to someone else for, for help if it's not what you do or if you're, you're a Spanish-dominant uh, bilingual. Uh, English mm -hmm. is a very different language system than Spanish. So maybe you find someone to help you with the, with the English because the language of your storytelling is going to reflect your level of professionalism. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you may have the best idea. You, you may want to do the most amazing things in this world. But if your language on your website and your social media platforms and whatever, wherever else your business exists, if your language does not relay that information professionally and well edited, um, the people... Yeah, cool. People with power are going to, that's, they're not going to sign on to that. They're less likely to, I should say. I don't know for sure, but I would think they would be less likely because Absolutely. they want clarity. They're going to invest money. They want clarity. You're getting into a contractual relationship with someone. It doesn't mean that your website copy yeah. needs to read like legalese, like mm -hmm. legal language. I'm not saying that. But no, no, I, it I was, needs but, to be coherent. It needs to be coherent. No. Yeah. 
No, and, and, and that's a good point. You know, like, hence, you know, here, here's Charlie Vasquez. You know, that's why you exist. Like, you tell me, why, why should I invest in you? Because I, and you just said it, because I, because I don't have the skill. I sure. can't write. I can't tell my story. So that's part of the things that also the mentality is like, look, there's things that you can bootstrap, mm-hmm. but there's things that you definitely need to invest. And I would say this is one of them. Yeah, when you're talking about investment and business and money and hope and revenues and, um, you know, I, I think conversa- everyday conversational language can work because you, yeah. you want your website to sound robotic and mechanical. It, it should sound human. Correct. Well, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be a grammatical mess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it shouldn't be you know like a funny thing. It's like well you know if you're trying to to convey you know trust number one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's it. You know, it's like, okay, I can trust you that, that, that you know what you're doing, but if it's full of, you know, mistakes and or it doesn't make sense, then, well, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I would say also, um, you know, find someone who, it could be a startup that's totally different than yours. Yeah. But go and research how other people are handling their online marketing, their website design, mm-hmm. their newsletters, um, because that's your perception. Okay. So like today I met you for the first time, you know, and I see yeah. this really nice logo behind you and <laughs> personal lettering. Right. And you're just kind of this, like, you're, you're kind of a cool guy. Right. So thank you. Thank you. You, you are transmitting a really positive perception of, of who you are and what you do and what your enterprise is all about. So thank you. Right. That's something for me to emulate. Right. So what I do. So find someone that's doing something well and it can be in a, in a completely different market. But okay. emulate that level of professionalism for what you do. You're not taking their idea. You're just emulating their mm-hmm. level of, of professionalism with your own face, with your own business, with your own graphics. And there's nothing wrong with that. Learn from the best, you know. Correct. Yeah. And and and. and I would say also not only learn, but try. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't fit you, then you try to move on. Just like, like we were talking before the show, you know, how do we tell our stories uh, if we, you know, and celebrate our successes, but also our failures. But you don't, you're, you're never going to experience a failure if you don't try. If you don't get on your bike and eat shit, you know, it's just like, go. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's a huge part of it. And I think for a lot of us who are like in the mix or just, or try, you know, we're, we're, we're where we are. We're trying to get to the next level um, yeah. in an economic downturn, which isn't easy. Um, but um, your story, I mean, we don't, you're talking about scale earlier and, and failure, you know, and failure is just part of it. Like to do anything like this is, yeah. and I think I learned that as a musician, you know, like sinking all this money into gear, barely making any money, like living in almost abject uh, poverty so that I could do what it is I wanted to do. Um, and failure was so much like having bad rehearsals, having crappy shows, uh, having equipment breakdown, you know, um, it w- was so much part of that journey. And I don't even think about those things anymore because when I look back, I think of all the triumphs and all the fun yeah. times, and all the, all the wonderful things. Um, but those wouldn't exist without the, the failure, the failure, exactly. like a, a great opportunity to learn something, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I tell young people who I mentor. It's like, you're going to make mistakes. Okay. It's part of life. And wh- one of the things you learn as you get older, hopefully is that you look back at what you did. You look back at how things turned out and you learn something from that so that you don't make a similar mistake down the road. So really yeah. it's failure is so necessary to for, for getting good you know we see when we go see like a a professional musician play or a professional anything a dancer a, a singer a player yeah with all those rehearsals where they're screwing up and making mistakes and being told that they're nothing and you, you know and they, they just keep going so you have to persevere and and, and keep moving forward and if you talk about scaling and storytelling Mm-hmm. You're going to get more people to come to you if, if your stories are similar. If, if there's yes. something about your story that's attractive to someone, it's going to bring them closer. You know, so how can, you, how can you optimize storytelling to get more people on your side, to get more customers, to get more investors? How can you use story to do that? Because you're going to need to. At some point, you're going to need to. 
Absolutely. Charlie, well, I, I, I want to thank you, you know, for the time. I wish we could continue talking. But um, uh, before we before we leave the, the show, where can we find you on social media? Where can we uh, send you know people sure. to? Uh, I'm all over the place. I'm on Facebook, Charlie Vasquez, Vasquez, V-A-Z, uh, Vasquez Concetas. Concetas, las dos. Um, at Charlie Vasquez on Twitter, at Charlie Vasquez Writer on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn uh, under my regular name. If you go to charlievasquez.com, you can link up to all my social media platforms there. And the website also... Okay. Uh, talks about more about what I do about uh, your work yeah. doing storytelling for teams. So I'm working with not really startups, but like nonprofits and corporations mm. and companies and, you know, getting employees, getting team members uh, to talk about their lives in ways that they may not do while they're at work. Yeah. Help create better um, team cohesion and to, to increase empathy and, and intergenerational and intercultural understanding in the workplace. Ah, and, and that's why we're in confinement because, you know, a, a lot of companies are still working from home. I mean, yeah. we are. Yeah. So, no, that's interesting because I do have a recommendation for, for, for a couple of companies here that may benefit from that. Like, how, yeah. do, we, um, how do we engage in that conversation when we're locked at home uh, and the, for, for the at least foreseeable future? So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, this is the way things are going to be running yeah. for a while, you know, so I think we need to maximize the benefits of not being limited geographically to what it is that we can do because Absolutely. we have the, the world is now a market. So yeah, how do we look at it that way? You know, I think it's exciting. Um, so I'm having fun. I'm learning as I go. I make mistakes every day. I'm sure like you do, but I... I I like it, you know. By I mean, the minute. I make mistakes yeah. by the minute. Yeah. But I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to We learn. all are, brother. <laughs> We're here. We're here. Charlie, pues un gusto. Me dio muchísimo gusto tenerte aquí. It was great. Igualmente. And, and next time you're in Portland, you know, we, uh, hopefully, you know, every, everything will be reopened, you know. Yeah. Or, or the next time I'm in, uh, I'm in the Bronx, which I absolutely love. Uh, you know, we'll I'll go for a chuleta cancan. Uh, I'll take you on a tour of New York City. Through, through my love it through through <laughs> charlie's lens it's a it's a, you know i i have it i have witnesses so next time you got New it York. all right charlie Ciao. thank you so much feliz viernes a todos latino feliz founder of episodio 133 you've been listening to the latino founder hour podcast El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin McLeod. Cree en ti mismo. Sueña en grande y confía en el universo. De Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero.